seven pounds. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Coming to you live on a Tuesday, Halloween. You know, the NFL's either been a trick or a treat for you so far this season. And tonight, we're really going to cover one of those real tricks, that real upsetting the loss of Kirk Cousins. And we're going to tell you guys how to navigate that position and move forward with or without Kirk Cousins. Nobody better to do that with than my man, Mung. How you doing tonight? Hey, doing well. It's uh, officially spooky season, and <laughs> we are getting into the second half of the fantasy season as well, so a lot can change over these next few weeks, and make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled for all the news that's coming out right now. Yeah, I mean, we're past the the halfway part for the, the fantasy football season, and you know, the Scott Fishbowl says it's three weeks left till that se- regular season is over, and it's just like, Wow. You know, every single year, Mung, it just feels like it goes faster and faster, you know, and every time we feel like we're more prepared with our rookie picks, we're more prepared with who's going to break out, who's not. And then the NFL just tries to just throw that wrinkle in there and prove it. Even before you start talking injuries, it's like the process is something that we got to continually trust as we go on. But it's like once you get to this size and this part of the season, you throw everything out. You know, everything's a wild card. Right, and this is when you really start trying to project more closely or pinpoint where those 2024 rookie picks are going to end because we always say towards the beginning of the season, right, don't consider a first necessarily early or late because a lot can happen in the span of three to four weeks, much less Mm -hmm. 14. And, um, you know, if you were a strong contender and you lost Nick Chubb, if you Mm -hmm. lost Kirk Cousins, if you lost Justin Jefferson, a lot can change and make sure that whatever draft capital you're trading for, you're convinced or you're pretty confident in where it's going to end up. And that's why we talk about when you're making those insulated trades, you do that early on in the season because you can majorly win out. I mean, one particular trade, I traded Devonta Smith for Cooper Cup and that guy's first, and he thought he was going to be great after three weeks, you know, and try to figure things out. It's currently the 101 right now. So if you say Cooper Cup and, you know, Caleb Williams and for, for Devonta Smith, that's an absolute smash, except, you know, you get any of those. A lot can change. Let's let's get right into the Kirk Cousins news. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins was phenomenal this year. You know, I had him on a couple of rosters. You look at what he's been able to do. Right now he's the QB6, 2,300 yards, 18 touchdowns, only five interceptions. This was an absolutely amazing season for Kirk Cousins. You know, it was that perfect storm of a, a poor defense, a quarterback with a lot of weapons around him, you know, getting his opportunity here on his on his contract year. He's already got his one big payday, but he's a free agent. Kirk Cousins is in a weird situation, right? We look at what it is with the ACL, or the, I'm sorry, not the ACL, but the Achilles. And when we had it with Aaron Rodgers, you say, okay, well, he'll be back by the beginning of 2024. Kirk Cousins now looks like, you know, you're looking at maybe mid-season in 2024 and a lot of people are saying, "What do I do with Kirk Cousins?" Let's address that first. This has been absolutely great season. What are you doing personally with Kirk Cousins if you have him? Well, if you're a contender and you just lost Cousins, then I say go trade for Josh Dobbs, Taylor Heineke, one of those cheap veteran quarterbacks who's going to get you they're not going to replace what Cousins was doing, right? He was a top eight 
fantasy quarterback for most weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not going to get that kind of consistent production from those guys, but they can be serviceable QB twos. And you can at least make that move for this week or the next couple weeks. And you can address perhaps upgrading to a true QB one later on, right? You don't have to immediately break the bank and, and try and trade for a Jalen hurts and pay four mm-hmm. first, something like that. Yeah. And, Go ahead. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think it, it's a matter of looking where you're at right now and what kind of draft capital you have and what you're willing to do and, and move into those situations. And I think that's a great point is just trying to move into those those gaps. If you look at Josh Jobs right now, he's QB 12 on the season. So he has not been any slouch at all. You know, and I think when I'm looking at Cousins, if you're in that area where you're rebuilding, I'm personally going out there and I'm making a buy. Like I bought him today for in Smash Except for for what right now is the 210 next year. And I think people are willing to just move off of him. And before we start talking about like who we're going to replace him with, that kind of value to me feels like that that's, you know, people are going to want to move him off the team. They're going to want to try to move some some pieces to, you know, try to solidify their roster for that that home stretch. And I think if you're not contending right now, Kirk Cousins, just like Nick Chubb, just like Mike Williams, just like we say all the time, the best guy to have on your roster for a rebuilding team is a guy that scores zero points. It's making your team better. And by the time, yes, we get to the the rookie season, he's probably still worth the second round pick. But by the time we get to an area where he signs with Atlanta or he signs with a, you know, a contending team, now all of a sudden Kirk Cousins, you know, gets closer to that 24 first value or 25 first. Wow. That seems so far off. But I think Cousins, we do that all the time, right? A guy gets a little bit older and we're just like, let's just get rid of him. Let's get him off our roster. Yeah, and particularly with guys like Cousins and Rodgers, while they do use their mobility here and there, that's not really their primary way of producing in fantasy. So I do think a late second is about right for him and certainly worth buying. Um, But obviously, I I wouldn't go out there and, and pay a first for him at this point. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and I think that's that's the way to go. And a lot of people are coming to me. They're like, hey, you know, I have Kirk Cousins and I have no future draft capital. And that's why you and I talk about this time of the year. You still want to have your first. You want to be able to move around back and forth. I think if you if you take Kirk Cousins and you pair him up with, you know, a, a second round pick or you pair him up with a certain guy, let's start talking about some of these guys that, you, you know, we should definitely move into that area. You had said Josh Dobbs. How well do you think Josh Dobbs will play in this offense? You know, like I said, Josh Dobbs was the QB 12 going into the season or going into this this particular week. You look at what he's done on next-gen stats, and right now he is doing phenomenal with his legs. That's something Kirk Cousins hasn't obviously been able to do, but he's been one of the most efficient scrambling quarterbacks this season, leading the NFL in yards per carry with 11.9, rushing yards over expectation at plus 94. I mean, right now – He's third in the league in rushing for first downs, fourth in the league in rushing yards total, first in rushing yards over expectation. Josh Hobbs adds that little wrinkle here into this offense, and he's been a guy that's been one of the cheapest producing quarterbacks there's been, and now he gets an upgrade with weapons. You know, He gets to an area here where he's going to get Jefferson back. He's going to have Addison, and he's playing for a position where if Minnesota ends up being fringe playoffs or breaking into the edge of the playoffs – Josh Dobbs might have a job going into 2024. So, I mean, what are you willing to do to pay for Josh Dobbs? Everyone's asking. I said, if you can get him for a late 24 first or a random 25, or sorry, late 24 second or a random 25 second, I'm all in on Josh Dobbs rest of the season. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd go as far as early to mid-second. Hopefully not early, but I think in that mid-range is fine because, like you said, he was already a back-end QB1 in fantasy, right? And that was on a Cardinals team that had Marquise Brown, lost Zach Ertz, and, and he was doing a lot with his legs. Mm-hmm. Now he goes to a similar team with a bad defense where they're still going to be put into shootouts and high-scoring situations. And then you give him Addison, Hawkinson, and potentially Justin Jefferson back in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. I mean, this is honestly, in terms of fantasy, it's great for Dobbs. I'd much rather have him in Minnesota than in Arizona. Um, and like you said, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, where I do think he has played well enough to potentially get a bridge starting job in 2024. So I think a mid 2024 second is a great buy for Jobs, right? Excuse me, Dobbs right now. Yeah. And I mean, going into this in Dynasty, I had him, you know, he's in that area where he's in that mid-second. I'm going to say a couple names here, and I would just say say Dobbs or that particular player. Let's go Mac Jones. Um, it's Dobbs. I have I, I just agree. updated my Dynasty rankings, and those will be up uh, in a day or two, probably by the time you guys are listening to this. But I have Mac Jones as QB 32 in Dynasty right now, and I have Dobbs at QB 25. Okay, and I'm 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 with you there. I mean, my guys in that 25 range are, are probably very similar. I mean, I I have Dobbs over Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, what about Desmond Ritter? Yeah, I mean he he just got benched, right? He's he's well, hanging he got, on for. He got injured. What about uh? What about Stafford? He's hanging on for dear life. So Stafford is interesting. I have I have Dobbs, Heineke, Minshew, and Stafford all ranked back to back to back in overall rankings and positionally. Mm-hmm. And I have Dobbs at the top of that tier because um, two issues is one, Stafford doesn't run, right? So he, even though he's been supporting Puka and Cup in fantasy up until this point, mm-hmm. he himself has not, has not really been scoring a lot. Um, and that partially due to the Rams' offensive line issues as well. Now you add in the thumb injury where he's probably going to be out maybe two weeks, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would rather have Dobbs. I think when I'm looking at Dobbs right now, a move that I'm trying to make is I, if I'm not contending, I'm moving off of a Geno Smith, a Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, and trying to get Dobbs plus. I think you can get Dobbs plus a second in a lot of those situations. Uh, if I'm not certainly believing in a, in a Josh Dobbs. And if you're rebuilding, this isn't the type of player to go out there and necessarily overpay for. You know, you kind of cash in where you can. I think if I could get Dobbs in a second to get to any first, I would do that. The guy I'm trying to deal up for, and Mung, you know I've been all over him all year. You know, I was two weeks ago I said I'm paying for a 24 first. At this point, Sam Howell is looks absolutely legit. Like Sam Howell right now is the QB eight. I think he I mean, two of those games were against the Eagles where he absolutely torched them. But you look at what he's been able to do with over the last couple of weeks, he has been fantastic. I think Sam Howell is someone that I would add a 24 second, maybe a 25 late first on top of Dobbs to get up to. I want to get your take here on Sam Howell. If you think he's someone that could keep this job long-term, this is one of the most asked questions on the Patreon is, is Sam Howell the real deal? And I'm like, you know what? If he had the draft capital, if he was a round one drafted quarterback, he would have second or third round, you know, dynasty startup value. But the fact that he doesn't have that draft capital scares a lot of people. Yeah, I have him ranked in the in a similar tier along with Will Levis and Jared Goff in that early second. If you want to pay a late first, I wouldn't call you crazy range. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue I like how a lot rest of season, right? Because we're talking after the trade deadline. We know that Washington moved both Montez Sweat mm-hmm. and Chase Young, so they're going to be in plenty of shootouts uh, rest of season yeah. with how this defense looks. So I like how a lot rest of season. My only concern long term is the new owner came in, right? That he did not draft Howell. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that he wants to kind of put his own spin or look or stamp on this team going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that at some point, potentially as early as this coming off season, they clean house, get rid of Rivera, um, draft a quarterback, or at least tank for one in 2025, whatever that looks like. So I think Howell has some job security because he's played well in spots, but at the same time, I would not already be counting those chickens in in 2024 or 2025. I like it. And I I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I think they're going to be just good enough that they're not going to be in that area to get one of these elite quarterbacks in the early rounds, but might take another guy in a similar type situation. So I like that. Let's talk about Minnesota now. I mean, we got to look at the pass catchers. Obviously it, it looks like Jefferson will be back week 10, 11, 12 range. They are four and four at this point. So you, he is going to be coming back. You know, we, we thought for a while there, maybe he's not going to because of where the team's going to be. What does this do for the other pass catchers on here? I mean, Jordan Addison right now has been phenomenal. He's been propped up by that touchdown bonus, you know, of seven touchdowns. He's the wide receiver seven right now. Justin Jefferson is obviously the best when it comes to it. And then TJ Hawkinson has been a top five at his position as well. What do we feel like for the rest of the pass catchers on this offense with the transition from cousins to Dobbs. I mean, this isn't a, you know, death blow like it would have been to move down to hall, but moving from cousins to Dobbs, we definitely have to lower expectations a little bit. Yeah. I think Dobbs is probably the best realistic solution that could have happened for all these Minnesota skill position players. I have my fingers crossed on Jameis Winston. I heard some, you know, like I was just, (laughs) I was picturing this like old school Jameis Winston chucking it up to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, now doing that to Addison and uh, and, and Jefferson just being like, hey, let's throw up them dubs. Yeah, there were probably talks, but it, it does sound like the Saints like him, but they just don't like him over Derek Carr. <laughs> so, um, but honestly, I, I think it's good overall. Jefferson, obviously, long term, uh, he'll be fine. He's an elite talent, but certainly you, you don't think he has the elite upside or at least not consistently um, with Josh Dobbs. Mm -hmm. Hawkinson should be fine. I don't think he'll have huge games, but Dobbs certainly doesn't mind checking down the tight end. We saw that huge game by Trey McBride and Zach Ertz was doing well prior to that. Mm -hmm. So Hawkinson, I think you downgrade him slightly, but he's still in that just outside the top four or five tight ends, right? Um, I think the biggest issue is with Addison because – when you look at where Dobbs has targeted his receivers, he doesn't throw a ton downfield. He has one of the, I think, a bottom 10 intended air yards per throw. And when you look at when he does throw deep, I, the last I checked, he was something like 28th or 30th in deep ball completion rates. Mm-hmm. And that's just not good because when Justin Jefferson comes back, I think Addison is the one who really suffers. And really, it's kind of like going back to those first four or five weeks, right, where Addison just wasn't getting a ton of targets when Jefferson was healthy and Hawkinson was taking some of those shorter to intermediate targets. So I think Addison is still a great talent long term, but I think if you're contending, he might be a sell rest of the season. 
what would you be looking to move there? I mean, right now, a lot of people, you look at keep trade cut, they have Jordan Addison all the way up as their wide receiver 11. I have met wide receiver by the time I, I put out my new rankings, wide receiver 17. Um, I you know, it's 16 right now. So okay. we're, we're locked up there. Perfect. And I have, I have Drake London one spot ahead of him. And that's who I'm like targeting. People are saying, Hey, you know, like Addison's been fantastic. And I was like the talent wise, I love me. So I, you know, going after London, I love trying to package up right now. There's a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter trading Devonta Smith straight up for Jordan Addison and moving those ways or trying to move up to, you know, some of these elite level players. What would you be looking for if you are a contender based off of, you know, that he's a wide receiver seven overall right now, what kind of value can you get to tear up? Let's say if you wanted to tear up to your guy, Jalen Waddle, or you wanted to tear up to, you know, maybe uh, Amon Ross St. Brown or Stefan Diggs really push the chips and go all in. So my only issue with trading for Drake London is I don't know how much he's going to help contenders, right? Yeah. The groin issue doesn't sound too serious, but we know Heineke could be a minor upgrade over Desmond Ritter, but certainly that's still not a long-term solution. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can tear up, I, I don't think you might even be able to get Puka plus with a couple of down games recently. Um, Puka plus a second. I think they're pretty close in value, but you could be able to get that. Um, if you're tearing up, you might be able to get, let's say, an older veteran, right? If you can get Stefan Diggs with Addison plus a second. Mm-hmm. Or dare I say Tyree Kill? I don't. I think you'll need more. But if you are contending and you can somehow move off Addison for one of those veteran wide receivers, yeah, I think you got you it. Can, You're still adding a mid first, I think there, because Tyree Kill right now, like, is just yeah breaking. I, I think breaking some leagues he's properly valued, but some leagues people still see the age, and you might get a slight, slight, slight discount. Obviously, maybe Addison plus a first for Tyreek plus a second can mm-hmm. be doable if you're a contender um, or looking, you can tear down, right? With Joe Burrow looking hundred percent healthy, knock on wood. He looks great. Maybe you can get T Higgins plus maybe Ooh, you, you can get you have T Higgins below Addison right now in your dynasty rankings. Yes. I just, I think and I'm the, I'm always the highest on T Higgins. I will always. And, be. and here's why I, I just don't see any way that the Bengals are going to be able to pay him. Yeah. So I don't think he's playing with Burrow long-term possibly as soon as next year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get Marquise Brown plus, you know, I'm super be. high on him. Yeah. He's gotten a ton of usage. Again, I, I just talked about how Dobbs has missed him downfield. If we are assuming that Kyler Murray's going to be back as soon as a week or two from now, mm-hmm. or maybe even this week, who knows? Right. Um, that's another target that I like as well. Yeah, that's exactly. I love how we're in tune on that because right now I think you can get Hollywood Brown in a second, maybe even, you know. You might uh, be able to get a first yeah. with Brown. That's what I was going to say, a 25 first. I don't think you get a 24. But if you can get that kind of insulation, Hollywood Brown has been very viable. You know, if you look at what he's done so far this year, he's at wide receiver 24 with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Now he's going to get that upgrade of Kyler Murray. That is something that's a great, great play there. A lot of people well, are talking long term too. It, it to me, I liked the reports that the Cardinals didn't want to trade Marquise Brown at the deadline because they mm-hmm. consider him a long term piece. So to me, it sounds like they're sticking with Kyler and they want Marquise Brown to stay there as Kyler's number one. So I, I love that for him. Yeah, that's a definite move. Another one that I've been really uh, uh, another rookie whose numbers are fantastic, but nobody seems to value him the same way is Josh Downs is wide receiver 32. He's had 
four straight great weeks. Ever since Gardner Minshew took over, we are seeing fantastic target share for both him and Michael Pittman. And I know for a fact that you can get a mid-24 first or at least a you know, 107, 108 range on top of downs. And I think that's the way that I would be insulating to move into that particular area. Yeah, if you're looking to, get to add a cheaper vet, right? Adam Thielen plus a first mm-hmm. for Jordan Addison. I was going to go there because that's that's a tricky move, though, because it's like you want – I've been doing that with running backs all over the place. You know, I've been trading Tony Pollard for a Jerome Ford in the first or something. Like I got one that was like the 105 today plus that because then you get to play that player in there. The wide receiver, they just dip pretty hard but i like that i mean i think you get uh, keenan allen in that area I'm curious by the way where do you have josh downs ranked in dynasty right now not high enough um right <laughs> at, last week i had him as wide receiver 36 by the time i'm done doing my rankings here it looks like he's going to be in that wide receiver 28 oh, to wow. 30 that's, range that's for me super aggressive i have him at I, 43 and i thought that was a little high i I have him at so right now I have him at wide receiver 36. I moved him above Quentin Johnston, Tank Dell, Amari Cooper, Romeo Dobbs. I'm going to be moving him above some of these other guys. It's probably gonna, you know, it's probably gonna shock some people, but I I just see we we loved him pre-draft process. He goes to the right situation, he's been putting up numbers. I'm just big on 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 him. Let's go. We were talking about Arizona. Kyler Murray comes back. Who else gets the bump there? I mean, Hollywood Brown obviously gets the bump. We got James Connors going to be back potentially in a couple of weeks. What do you see with the rest of this offense? I mean, is this an area where, you know, I don't think Kyler right off the bat is going to be, you know, running like Josh Dobbs or even like himself. It's going to be a lot more stationary. So let's talk first about the the difference pass catchers and everybody else in that offense. And then, and then Kyler Murray himself. Yeah, I think. Obviously, we talked about Marquise Brown as a beneficiary. Um, Trey McBride as well with Zach Ertz on IR. We know that Kyler was pretty happy to check down to the tight end last year. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Ertz was producing prior to his ACL tear. So we like those guys. Uh, Michael Wilson, I think he can still get for an early third in a lot of leagues because he really hasn't done much. But again, it, it's tough to do much with Josh Dobbs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and especially when Wilson's more on that downfield contested big bodied guy. I think he fits Murray's downfield prowess a little bit better as well. And I actually just bought James Conner in a league today because after they trade away Dobbs, uh, it might be Clayton tune this week, but it does sound like it's going to be Kyler very soon. Mm-hmm. And we know that this offense is just going to look a little bit better, hopefully at least uh, with Kyler Murray under center. Yeah. I mean, Kyler's been that guy in rebuild that we've been saying, you know, he was he was the guy that I was buying everywhere in the early third. I was saying rebuild around him. He was probably going to take a couple of weeks to bounce back, but this is the type of value where this is this is why we did that. You know, we got ourselves in a position to get Kyler Murray, and we're going to go from there. I want to talk about the guys that lost Kirk Cousins now. So we talked a little bit about Arizona. We talked about Minnesota. You know, Dobbs is a nice cheap fix. Let's start talking about some of these other quarterbacks because I think there's multiple ways to look at this. One move that I made today, I'm in an all-in contender. You know, over the last two years, I've only lost one game. And I'm like, I have Jalen Hurts as my QB1. Kirk Cousins was my QB2. No backup. The rest of the team is loaded at running back. I have Kamara, McCaffrey, Saquon, Pollard, just loaded with running backs. So today I made a trade, and I want to get your opinion on it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about massively tearing up, you know, getting into that area because the the middle ground of the quarterback class the you know the super flex landscape is a little shaky so i'm i'm pushing all in today i traded Bijan robinson 
224 first, one of them being mine, so it's likely 112. The other one sits currently at the 110, basically for Patrick Mahomes. And then I got Jerome Th- Jerome Ford and Taysom Hill thrown in. Oh, um, I think it's a slight overpay just because I, I would say a healthy Bijan when he eventually gets that workhorse role that we're all waiting for is probably not two firsts behind the homes. And the other issue that I have with it is the Chiefs offense has been good, but not elite, right? We saw that they we're fine without Tyreek Hill last year, but there are still going to be some speed bumps and maybe there's a bigger speed bump yet to come with Travis Kelsey continuing to get up there in age. So I don't, anytime you get Patrick Mahomes, it's never a bad move. I think it is risky though, because I don't think Mahomes is the QB that's going to be a league winner in fantasy, even though he's still an elite real life quarterback right now. QB three right now on the season. You know, it's the three guys that we knew that were going to be there is it's Allen's QB one hurts is QB two. And you know, Mahomes is QB three, depending on what your, your scenario is there. My thing is, so B. John Robinson right now is still the dynasty RB one. You know, there there's Gibbs is starting to creep up there after the way he played this past week. Brees Hall's creeping into that area. I'm changing my philosophy completely on the running back position where you know, and in this particular situation, I have tons and tons of running backs. Like James Conner's my RB9. So, I mean, I'm loaded at the running back position. I have guys that are going to sustain there for a while. And for me, it's like if I can get a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a, you know, maybe even a Lamar Jackson, a Jalen Hurts, if I can package on top of Bijan Robinson, if I can use him to get to a position of something of absolute power – just so it's on the same page, it is a six-point passing touchdown league as well. And I think you get yourself into those scenarios of knowing your team. Sometimes when we pay up to get these quarterbacks, it feels like such an overpay. But those three guys, I mean, when you go with – or I have five guys. It's it's Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. I'm willing to just pay up. Lamar, not quite as much because I'm not quite sure as much long-term. But if I can get one of those guys, I'm all in. I think I get it more in six-point passing because in four-point passing, I'd much rather pay a lot less than you paid for Mahomes yeah. for Lamar. And I don't, Tua, I don't play any, any four. I don't play gotcha. any four. So okay. that's where that's where that's my big, mentality is always I think that's a fairly hits. big difference. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look yeah. at those 15 touchdowns, that's a huge difference in between so there. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, get, I'll <laughs> rescind my comment. I hate it less in six-point passing. <laughs> that, that's perfectly fine. And that's where I, I think I'm just more willing to pay up because if you look at right now, the guys that are averaging over 20 fantasy points per week or per yeah per week, there's only six guys right now. You know, it's I messed that up before. Jalen Hurts is the QB one, not the QB two. Sorry, Jalen. I know you listen to this podcast. We got to go over that. But right now, it's it's Allen Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Tua. Those are those top, and and Justin Herbert. Those are those guys averaging over over twenty two fantasy points. Then you go to that next year. We talked about how golf is still a major buy. I got him in a, in a league this past week. Um, you know, I gave up Addison and Quentin Johnson and got Saquon and Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is just still underrated. I don't know how it's even possible, but he is he is still someone that's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback, and I'm still all in. Like, we had it 
where it was Cousins and Goff. Now it's just Goff. you got to go in there if you're a contender and you don't have the capital to buy one of those elite-level quarterbacks. It's got to be Jared Goff. Yeah, see, again, the difference between six and four, I'm much lower on Goff because I see him as a QB12, QB15, and that high-end QB2 range there. And mm-hmm. going back to just a more general statement, if I'm buying um, a QB1 or QB2 on a contending team rest of season, I, I'm heavily targeting Lamar and Tua. Those are the two guys that I think these offenses have looked great and still have not hit their ceiling, which is crazy to say, especially about the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But I think these are two systems where when A-Chan gets back, um, the Dolphins get a huge key piece back that really stretches defenses again. And with Baltimore, I think they're starting to come together under the new Monken team. But at mm-hmm. the same time, they still have not hit that peak performance. So I think those are two guys, again, I would rather spend less to pay for Lamar or Tua than to really break the bank for a Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Patrick Mahomes. And I'm just, I'm always about that, like, stability on that. Lamar's had a lot of up and down games. He's definitely got them that league-winning mentality. He can definitely put up those points for you. I get it completely. Um what people keep asking me is we're like, well, I'm going to go buy Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to go buy Brock Purdy, you know, and right now I'm like, I even, even go out and buy CJ Stroud. I said, those don't feel like those league winning moves where you might actually have to pay more than what it's worth. If you look at Trevor Lawrence right now, he's the QB 14. What's that going to cost you? That's going to cost you two mid first where we talk about Josh Dobbs is a QB 12. That's going to cost you a second at most. How do you look at that in in terms of cost? You know, like you could get Dak Prescott significantly cheaper, who's looked good his last couple of weeks. You can get guys like Dobbs. You can go out and and buy some of those type players, even like a Geno Smith who's struggled, but I think has some better games coming up. How do you look at that kind of capital? You know, I know a lot of people want to instantly go by that sexy name. That's why I avoid going to the Trevor Lawrence era area. I'm going all the way up to the top. Yeah, if you're going to buy Trevor Lawrence, just uh, buy Travis Etienne and start him in, in the super flex <laughs> spot instead for cheaper, right? Because like they're, they're running a ton, and he's getting the bulk of those touchdowns. I, I want to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott mm-hmm. because I think he has this stigma, and I certainly don't think he's a real-life elite talent at quarterback. No. But the offensive line has gotten healthier after they had a couple injuries early in the season. And I think that if you're going to pay down at quarterback, and but you don't want to go to you know the Dobbs tier, I think Dak is a great buy because mostly because of the Cowboys' second half cakewalk schedule. So look at this: they play the Eagles this week. They've had massive issues in the secondary, right? Even even after trading for Kevin Byard. After that, he plays the Giants. Then he's at Carolina, home against Washington. Home against Seattle, which is a little tougher now because their defense is starting to come together. But then home against Philadelphia in week 14. Week 15, you get a potential shootout at Buffalo. Week 16, another potential shootout at Miami. And week 17, he gets Detroit at home. I think that there's a chance that Dak Prescott could be a top six, seven fantasy quarterback over the second Mm -hmm. half of the year. And he's... You can get them for what a mid late first in some super flex formats right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you can get them for a late first plus, and that, that's the thing, he was hard to trade. Like uh, we always talk about zigging when other people are zagging. He's very difficult to move. So that means if the production's there, he should be easier to buy. 
He's had yep. two straight weeks where he put up over 52 fantasy points but it combined there. So, I mean, and then he gets the Eagles this week, Eagles later on in the schedule. So, I mean, that is a very healthy schedule for him the rest of the season. And I think he's that he was all the way up to, you know, top 10, 12 QB range. Now he's going in that QB 16 to 20 range in Superflex. And I think that's a, a value. I think he's not going anywhere. And that would be a very sturdy move to make. I like that. The other move that I'm talking about, and if we knew he was if we knew he was healthy, if we knew he was going to keep his job next year, we know the points are going to be there. Justin Fields is week to week. If you go out there and get Fields, man, I'm telling you, that's a league winner. I know it doesn't, doesn't sound as sexy. I've had a couple of trade offers where I have him in Smash 8 and 9. I'm holding on because I think the rest of the way, he looked great when he was able to play those last couple of weeks. I know. I know it's the Justin Fields love. You're going to, you're going to attack me on it. What do you say about some of the bargain hunting? So some people like to go out there and they like to try to pick up some of these guys and stream them. Your, your Gardner Minshew types, your, uh, you know, I can't say Will Levis because Will Levis came out and balled out, right? You and I were saying it. This is that potential like steal of the super flex draft, getting him at that 112 to 201, 202 range. He could be an interesting fill in there. But I think you you said it with Heineke. I think we go and you, you're you able to you know pick up a Minshew. You're able to pick up maybe uh oh, geez, it gets so ugly here in the middle. You, you know, Minshew's you're dare- awesome because the Colts play with pace. Their defense sucks, and he's going to be constantly in shootout situations. And we've seen that he has some scrambling ability, right? What, he yeah. ran in two touchdowns last week, two weeks ago? Um so I, I love Minshew as long as you're willing to roll the dice every week and know that he could have a negative five-point performance <laughs> well, any given game. That's what you're doing. You're rolling the dice. I mean, he's very hot but and cold. for the him. most part, he has a fairly high floor. I mean, it, the, It's just there's going to be those random stinkers. That, that, that's yeah. All. The last four weeks, it's 6, 13, 28, and 16. Only one of them was like giving you more than what – you know, your, your standard running back flex, you throw in Gus Edwards in there, you know what I mean? And kind of get that, that that's the tricky part, right? That's where everybody's asking me, how do I fill in for Kirk Cousins? And for me and, and you, it sounds like the best bet is, is Josh Dobbs. You know, you trade up to get Dak Prescott, trade up to get Sam Howe. Is there anybody else under the radar that we're missing out on that quarterback position to, to put yourself into position? You know, like the ship has sailed to trade for Joe Burrow. He's back clean off the bye. You know, like there's so many situations. As soon as Cousins went down, I was like, I got to start scouring these teams. And there's so few elite level quarterbacks. Most people just so they're trying to get rid of their Jordan loves. They're trying to move, you know, Geno Smith. They're trying to move Mac Jones. They're trying to move those guys. And it's difficult to find yourself a true contender. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> if you want to get real gross, um, but real cheap right now because his name is Mud, you could buy Daniel Jones because Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, both on their way back. I think they got some limited practices in last week. Um, could be back in a week or two. That, that those would be huge upgrades to their offensive line. It would still be just an average offensive line but leaps and bounds better than what they've been dealing with. And look, again, I know it sounds gross, but Daniel Jones, we've seen that rushing potential, right? Do they get back to that a little bit more without Darren Waller? It's, I don't love it either, but he's he's cheap right now. You can probably get Daniel Jones for, what, a mid-second in most leagues in Superflex? 
I think maybe an early second, but yeah, it might have been souring quite a bit. The other guy people are are souring on right now, and I don't think they should be is or is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has had three straight games where he looked human. You know, it, nine fantasy points against Cleveland. Oh, by the way, they're like the best defense. Period. Minnesota, he gets fifteen. Cincinnati wasn't great. Got twenty fantasy points. But if you look down the stretch, he gets Philly. He gets Arizona. He gets Washington. Brock Purdy is still. You know, someone that I'm believing in for a late first value where you could kind of fill in there. And he's still going to give you a rock solid floor of 15, but he scored as much as 25, 26 fantasy points and finished inside the top 14 in 75% of his game. So I think Purdy's a fine hold. I wouldn't go out and buy him for a first because, like I said, I think you can get either someone like Dak for just a little bit more or you can get guys like Dobbs for much less. So he's in that kind of middle range where I'd rather just go up or down from there. Um, my only concern is, like you said, the ceiling may not be there because with that trade for Chase Young, the Niners defense had actually been putting them into some catch-up game scripts and some shootout situations. Mm-hmm. And I do think that maybe they start to play a little bit more conservative to help them along because of the recent turnover questions. Yeah, and this is why in the offseason, and you know the way that I play for the most part, aside from Smash Except One with you, is like I'm all about trying to trade up and get two of these elite-level quarterbacks, making sure you're putting yourself in a position because they get so expensive. It's so difficult, but the production level, especially in a six-point passing touchdown league, is is just so much higher. You know, It just gives you so much more of a floor that you can buy these running backs. You know, like You can buy a guy like Alvin Kamara for a second-round pick, and he's – the top five running back to date, you know, he's just been phenomenal where we get into those kind of situations. So any, uh, any names to throw out there, you know, I think this was a good show. We wanted to make sure we talked about cousins. We would talk a little bit about Kyler Murray and then some maybe under the radar guys. I know you always throw someone, someone out here towards the end. It's tougher at the quarterback position. That's for sure. Yeah. More of a stash. Uh, Jared Goss been playing well, but people have completely forgotten about Hedden hooker right? Mm-hmm. He's someone you can get for a third. And we know the hit rate on third round rookie picks isn't very high. And whether it's due to injury or if Goff does suddenly slump, um, Hooker is there uh, potentially in 2024. And then I will say uh, the other thing is during my best ball drafts in the offseason, I stacked a ton of Dolphins and I stacked a ton of Ravens. And I know I've talked about them plenty. Mm-hmm. But the reason I just wanted to bring it up one more time is because those two teams play each other in week 17. And even though the Ravens defense has been excellent, the way they, they play a ton of man coverage, and it's just impossible to do that against Hill and Waddle. So that was, a, I think, an 84-point game the last time those two teams met. And I think it could be a massive league-winning shootout in week 17 between Baltimore and Miami. So Again, that that's part of the reason that I break ties in favor of those two teams. And that's why the two guys that I was actually going to talk about is Mike White and Tyler Huntley. Mike White, we saw him in some shootouts. I mean, you gotta you gotta get these back end stashes. Don't put that juju out there. No, no, no. I don't want to hear this. We don't we don't want to go there. But you add those guys. I mean, let's be honest. Lamar Jackson has not been available in the fantasy playoffs two years. Don't you do that to me, Ricky Bobby? (laughs) Don't you put that on me? But hey. It it never hurts to be prepared, maybe even Trey Lance. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. (laughs) Little Ricky Bobby there. I like it. Hope you're